The views expressed on this show are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not those of radio station KICK, Vision Communications Incorporated, its management or advertisers. Vision Communications Incorporated is not responsible for the validity or accuracy of information presented on this program. Welcome, and thank you for entering at the Red Door. Today you'll be hearing from Father Jose from St. James Episcopal Church of Springfield. Feel free to listen in. The conversation starts now. Welcome to the Red Door Conversations. Wherever you are right now, be safe and be blessed. You are the beloved of God no matter who says otherwise. And that's what we believe in the core of our hearts. And we are a bunch of Episcopalians and we want to invite you to believe the same, that you are the beloved of God. Thank you for joining us this day. I'm Father Jose, priest at St. James Episcopal Church in Springfield, Missouri. And today my guest, of course, not just my guest today, I have two wonderful people joining <laughs> me today. One, of course, Kathleen. Dr. Kathleen Jackson is a retired nurse and uh, she was the dean of the Cox College here in Springfield and she is my co-host and she has been... In these conversations from the very beginning, it's delighted to have you here, Kathleen. Thank you. And the next person I have here is someone, you know, in my own household, my wife, Kimby. <laughs> so I, I, I asked her, how should I introduce her other than my own wife? There has to be some other way of introducing. Of course, I've known her for quite some time as my wife and as a minister, as someone who is involved in ministry with children particularly, and uh, uh, just enamored of the way that she conducts her business of ministry and dealing with people who works very hard. And I've come to love her, and it's a delight to have her here. Anytime I have a question on scripture or theology or any kind of hard conversations, which we do have often, I can ask her and she will help me to, you know, get some clarity on the thoughts that uh, I have. So it's wonderful to have you here, honey. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. So today we are going to, today's Pentecost Sunday, and we are going to go into the topic of empathy. But first I want to start with a prayer <coughs> talking about empathy. Uh, this prayer is very meaningful that is provided by the Episcopal Church Book of Common Prayer for this particular day. Almighty God, on this day you opened the way of eternal life to every race and nation by the promised gift of your Holy Spirit. Shed abroad this gift throughout the world by the preaching of the gospel that it may reach the ends of the earth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And why I said that this prayer for this particular topic that we're looking into is because of this, that on this day you open the way of eternal life to every race and nation. To do that, the Lord promised, God promised Jesus, you know, and sent him to us to know who we are, what we are, what we are going through, and this is one of those topics that I believe is just incredible. When you look at the life of Christ and how he lived among us and died, I don't know whether anybody can say anything other than being an empathetic and a God that is full of empathy, compassion and love for us. And so going into this reflection, I want to read one small scripture piece from here, the letter to the Galatians, be one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. 
And I, I think there are several, you know, uh, scripture passages we have here to reflect on. But when I read the ones that we have and the one that I just read, bear one another's burdens, I think that speaks volumes about what empathy could be. And so I want to ask you too, Kimby and Kathleen, jump in at any time. What are your thoughts when you hear the word bear one another's burdens? And in this nation right now with such political divide and differences and suffering and all that is going on in our in our country and the world based on whatever is going on, how do we become people of empathy and compassion and kindness? What are your thoughts? jump in you want me to jump in okay so when i read this um bear one another's burdens it's the second part Mm -hmm. um and thereby fulfilling the law of christ well what is the law of christ Mm -hmm. love the lord your god with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself yeah and and so in loving your neighbor as yourself you have to be very empathetic because you sometimes don't know exactly how they feel and you can't know that unless you check on them and care for them and sit with them mm-hmm. and be with them. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's the second the second part of that is the most the action. Yeah. Fulfilling the you know the Fulfill law the of law Christ. Of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I would very much agree with that and I think that's why when we hear love one another as you love yourself it sounds so easy but it's hard. It's very mm-hmm. hard. You know, it's it's easy if I see somebody with a sign on the street and says I'm hungry, mm-hmm. it might be really easy for me, out of compassion, to give him a sandwich. Mm-hmm. But empathy requires I go a lot deeper than mm. I understand why he's standing out with a sign. Why is he hungry? Mm-hmm. What can I do to help? And, and how can I understand that? I, who have never been that hungry, that mm-hmm. I had to stand out with a sign mm-hmm. in the street. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think empathy is asking us to go deeper. And as I looked into this topic, mm-hmm. um, that's what occurred to me. You know, I've had a preacher, tell, a minister tell me once that the Bible is is the story of our relationship with God, mm-hmm. about how it's evolved. And maybe that Jesus was that perfect expression of empathy. He was God coming... Would we feel a personal relationship with God if we didn't have Jesus to look to who actually became us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who suffered as we suffered, who had joy as we had joy, mm-hmm. who you know, had fellowship as we have fellowship? Would we feel so close, or would God be just this revered and feared mm-hmm, mm-hmm. person way well, up there? Up there. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that that's exactly the, the, the Old Testament God versus the New Testament God. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the reason for that is because, you know, we the Old Testament God was looked to as someone up there or a far away, mm-hmm. not personal. Um, there was a time or two he got personal with few people. But, you know, for the mm-hmm. majority, it was always away from you. Right. Mm-hmm. Where with Christ, it's way more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, he walked among us. That's one of the, you know greatest scriptures for me is like yes he was he set foot mm-hmm. um in a space that i can set foot in you know right and that make his human part is what makes us able to understand god completely right, right. you know uh, with the hindus and muslims and zoroastrian or different religious communities i've been part of those communities i've known them i 
I love some of those uh, people from different religious groups. What makes Christianity so unique and the story of Christ is so unique is the fact that Jesus was with us suffering the same thing that I would suffer, the pain, the death, the ridicule, the rejection, and the anger, and all of those emotions that I have, I know God understands because He walked with me. You know, so He walking with me in my journey, in my own life, is what made it, you know, beautiful. And that's precisely the reason why we say when people are not empathetic, this is exactly what it is. If someone cannot actually feel and be part of that suffering, then that person cannot understand. They can say all they want, how nice, you know, beautiful things. Mm -hmm. But suffering along with the other person and walking with the other person is key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's more, uh, you know, not just suffering either, but in sharing yeah. in the good as well as, as well the as bad. Well. Correct. Um, mm-hmm. Understanding uh, another human being as a complete person, not just in their problems. Mm-hmm. I think as ministers, we, we tend to do that. Mm-hmm. We only show up when somebody has a problem without, you know, sharing in their joy mm-hmm. um, in their mm-hmm. everyday life. We miss those parts because we're too focused on, on fixing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Um, I know that I, I was just thinking about the time in my life where I went through infertility. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, you know, no matter what treatment we got, we couldn't conceive a baby. Mm-hmm. And young, lady, young women around me that I was working with, being a nurse, I was working with a lot of young women, and they were getting pregnant all the time. Mm-hmm. And, remember, and I had to really separate and say... Their reality is not my reality, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't rejoice with them mm-hmm. in their fertility. Mm-hmm. And and you're so right. I mean that that is part, and that that's a part of empathy I don't think about often. But it's that sharing the joy. If you achieve something that maybe I want and I wish I could achieve, I should still be happy for you that you were able to achieve it, achieve it. and that's not right. going well. You know who does Kimby think she is? Yeah, exactly. You know I can't do that. You know that's that's not yeah. appropriate. You right, know right. I, if I'm really an empathetic person, if I really care about you, mm-hmm. I'm gonna rejoice in your victory mm-hmm. or your mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. And and likewise, being sensitive on the other side of that too. I have something that I know you want. Then I have to be empathetic and say, you know. I need to be sensitive to the fact that I am now sharing in that joy. I had a, a, a similar thing where a friend of mine lost a baby. We were pregnant at the same time. We were mm-hmm. supposed to deliver at the same oh, time. We, and she lost her baby, and I still had mine. And that was one of the... I cried harder than she did. That's... Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I really did. I cried a lot harder than she did. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just, you know, I felt so bad that I was... He was still with me, and hers wasn't. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, there is a, a quote from uh, our former president, Barack Obama, learning to stand in somebody else's shoes to see through their eyes. That's how peace begins. And it's up to you to make that happen. Empathy is a quality of character that can change the world. When I read that, uh, what came to my mind is one of my experiences when I was working as a chaplain in the hospital. <coughs> I got a call in the middle of the night, about 2 or 3 in the morning, and I was 
uh, I was on call that evening and there were not too many calls and I was in the room, uh, you know, sleeping and uh, when the pager goes off, gets up and runs to the ER and I got the call, ran to the ER, came to find out there was a little boy uh, uh, that had died, they were three months old. And um, they could not break the news to the family because, of course, doctors and nurses who are called to give life and heal, you know, it's hard for them to come and say, your child died. And so uh, as a chaplain, I have the responsibility and I have to help them to break the news kindly, tenderly, and help them through that process. And um, so I went and told the doctor, we got to break this news. Don't tell them that you couldn't do anything. We couldn't save the baby. You got to tell the truth. The child died. That's all what they will hear. Everything else, they will have a hope of thinking that the child is still alive. They can still do something. It has to be crystal clear when you say what happened. So I prepared them and I went there. All this time, while this was happening, what was going on within me was my daughter, Asha, was three months old. Mm -hmm. And I'm dealing with a child, three months old, who just died. I am, as much as I am there to help them, in my mind, I am terrified of my daughter who was three months old, what will happen to her. And I have a, I have a history of losing one of my own little sisters, you know, who died as a little, maybe for, as, because of SID, sudden infant death. But the, and so all of this is going on in my head. So we go to the young couple who are in their 20s, early 20s, and the doctor says, and the young mother, uh, you know, just devastated by it. And uh, she cries, and she sh uh, as she cried, my first response was, I have to be professional. So I went to her and I said, let us pray, <laughs> which was the stupidest thing as a pastor I could have ever said. I want to continue that story, but we want to take a break because it's a fascinating story of empathy where, where I learned it. So you are listening right now to the Red Door Conversations, and this program is supported by an Episcopal church near you, and they are all over the place. As Episcopalians, we ask questions. We seek answers, and we question what we don't understand, and in the end, when we do not have any answers for the things that we are asking about, we let God handle what we don't understand. If you would like to know more about us, and if you have questions, check us out at the website www.thereddoor.org or you can email us at enter at the red door we will be back your host at the red door is father jose at saint james episcopal church of springfield you're always welcome to enter through the red door and be loved, cared for, and accepted for being who you are and supported on the path that God has chosen for you to walk. Don't be afraid or ashamed of being judged for your lifestyle, questions, or lack of questions. Just be in a beautiful community that accepts you as you are. Check them out at www.thereddoor.org and listen to The Red Door every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. on 92.3 KICK. want to welcome you back to the Red Door Conversations. You are listening to this conversation, our topic on the empathy, and today my guests are Kathleen Jackson and Kimby Tarragon, my wife, 
and I'm Father Joe's priest at St. James Episcopal Church. Right before we took this break, um, I was sharing the story of being a chaplain in a hospital, and I shared the story of me uh, telling the young couple that I would be willing to pray, and when I shared that with them, the young mother took a chair and threw at me. And I thought, why in the world would she throw a chair at me? I didn't. So I, th- I looked at her again in total surprise. And then she took a second chair and threw at me. And then the security got involved. And, uh, uh, you know, and it is at that moment I realized I was completely terrified of losing my own child. And I sat there in the chair and began crying. And I sobbed like a little baby. And then this young woman came and sat next to me and held me and said, Chaplain, can I pray with you? And we both sat and cried. There's nothing else we could have done. Mm-hmm. It's that, that recognition of the pain the, that I'm going through, which I didn't have the courage to admit what she's going through. And when we merged into one person in pain, I, that was one of the best lessons of empathy for me, becoming part of that, you know, suffering of that. So have you had such experiences that, you know, you were sharing the story of your friend who lost the baby earlier, Kimbi. Yes. So just to, if you can share a little piece of that with us. Well, um, she called me in, in the middle of the night and I went over and, she, you know, she says, I think I lost the baby. And sure enough, she had. I mean, she just wasn't brave enough to admit it. And... Um, um, I sat and cried and cried and cried and she cried for a minute, just a minute. And then she looked at me and she says, you know what? I'm going to figure out what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to have a baby. And don't you feel bad about this at all? Mm-hmm. And she just researched for a little while. It took a long time, actually. Right. Uh, researched her symptoms and went to the doctor and said, test me for these three things. Mm-hmm. She found out she had a clotting disorder and um, yeah. ended, up, ended up having Argerica, which... <laughs> You know, she's amazing. She's my sweetheart, yeah, and uh, yeah. we're blessed to have her. So, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it, it. I'll tell you, it it'll test a friendship mm-hmm. when someone loses something you have. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it could have went either way, but yeah. she just had such a joy when my son was born. Right. For him. Right. Um, and never once indicated that she thought of herself and the loss that she had went through mm-hmm. because we would have delivered it about the same time. Right. So, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, uh, there is a, a quote in here from Walt Whitman. I do not ask the wounded person how he feels. I myself become the wounded person. And that's what I find in Christ. The empathy is embodied in Christ becomes mm-hmm. that and if we can particularly now with all the sufferings fear people are going through job losses and depression and fear uh, instead of dismissing them all of those oh yeah we can get through all of this if we could just sit and listen what is going on with no answers none of us need an answer for it I think that's what I want to say at this time. Empathy requires us to sit with the other person without actual answers, but to just cry with the person who is crying, laugh with the person who is laughing, celebrate with the person who is celebrating, but have sense so that we don't make somebody else sick at the celebration time. You know, to have that kind of uh, connection with people in their fears and anxieties is the key to empathy. 
not mm-hmm. necessarily fixing. You know, earlier can be you said, you know, we all have the tendency to fix the issues with for somebody it. else. Right. But the key mm-hmm. to empathy is being with them in their struggle and mm-hmm. pain. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times we're so busy thinking about the advice we're going to give when somebody comes we want to we want to help we want to fix it mm-hmm. but you're right i mean it's the listening um i have my own story i started my nursing career in newborn intensive care and i considered myself um a very empathetic person that I was empathetic to the parents and I was empathetic because when you're in pediatrics or newborn it's not just the baby in front of you it's the family mm-hmm. your patient is a bigger portion mm-hmm. and I considered but you know I started single and then I got married and then I couldn't have a baby and then there was one little baby who was extremely premature and I was taken care of. And um, the baby was doing very well. And I told the parents um, that this would be a good time to go take a break, which I tried to do is, is get the parents to leave the bedside and, and you know take a minute, even if it's just five minutes. Well, the ba- parents left and the baby died. And so I felt horrible because the baby had died while they were gone. It just suddenly took a turn for the worse and that was it. And I remember crying over that baby so much but I also recognized I was bringing in my own pain, my own loss, my own inability to have children mm-hmm. into that moment. And I think I was more in their shoes mm-hmm. in that moment because I could really relate to that loss because mm-hmm. I couldn't get there either. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think I think something you had said earlier and um, Mr. Obama's quote mm-hmm. is is I think empathy takes practice. You cannot just say, yeah, I'm, I can't walk around here and say, yeah, I'm a real empathetic person and walk out the door and then not. I could not be empathetic in, in, that, <laughs> in a snap. Right. So I have to be intentional. I have to practice. So how would you practice intentional, intentionally How the empathy? How can you practice it? From your experience, or if you are sharing this with somebody, who wants to really practice this spiritual quality, what would you tell them? How can they do that? Well, you have to... um, There's a whole branch of of philosophy Uh called phenomenology. Right. And in phenomenology, what you try to do is you try... If if I were interviewing any one of you mm-hmm. for phen- a phenomenological study, mm-hmm. I would be trying to ex- understand your experience. I would be trying to get in your skin as much as I could. My questions would be aimed there. My my curiosity mm-hmm. would be aimed there. And you have to do something called bracketing. Mm-hmm. And and what it involves is taking your own emotion, your own biases, your own concerns out and. Put them on the shelf so, mm-hmm. and really hear what that other person is saying. So listening. Exactly. That's a mm-hmm. key. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go back yeah. to, to re- and really, really not not hearing the way you think there's, you know, right. I I've so often catch myself, somebody says something and I'm like, well, Kimby said such and such. And then I, as I listen to her talk some more, I go, no, that's not really what she's saying. She's coming from a different angle. Correct. If I'm really listening, I'll catch that, and I'll know that I misheard that because mm-hmm. my brain wanted to take it in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
You know, our temptation always is when you hear a story from somebody, our temptation is always to interpret the story's intent and experience rather than that is the story. There is nothing more to be interpreted. There is nothing to be explained about. If you are telling me a story, if I could just listen to that story without any kind of a conclusion, maybe that's a starting point of empathy. Because I don't have a conclusion. So, you know, I'm driving somewhere and I ha- I saw such and such thing and it caused an anxiety in me. So there is an inner voice that tells me as I'm listening to this story of somebody who's sharing this with me. Well, why should you be anxious? Why should you be so worried about? None of those things need to be there other than, yeah, that's that person's experience. Right. So empathy may start with this complete shutting down of the processing when we hear someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It also means you have to be open to pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times we like to separate ourselves from, oh, that, it, that doesn't affect me. It's over there. Mm-hmm. So it's, oh, bless their heart. That's mm-hmm. terrible. But you don't really f- listen and feel their pain. Mm-hmm. Um, being empathetic is, is getting in there and feeling the emotions of the other person Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's where it gets really really personal and really really hard and you got to be willing to do that and for me i have to make myself do that because Mm -hmm. i don't want it (laughs) you know of course because we all have our own problems and we have our own struggles and and you know of what we're going through and you step into somebody else's problems and into their it's painful so you have to be open to that pain and experience that pain with them because you love them. Mm-hmm. And that's where I always start. Well, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to listen mm-hmm. because I love them. And this is going to hurt, and I know it's going to hurt, and I might not be able to fix it. And for me, that's a big problem because I'm a fixer. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's hard. I, re- I really like what you said, I th- yeah. and I agree. That's yeah. uh, One of the tricks you can use is on a practical level is if you say something to me, if I repeat back to you what you said, it tells you, number one, I heard you, mm-hmm. but it also tells me that's what she said. Yeah. It's not what I interpreted. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the, one of the uh, lessons you are taught in active listening class, right. that not only you have to listen what is said, you have to repeat it because the repetition of what is heard makes the person uh, realize that I have heard it, also makes me realize that this is what I heard. And it doesn't require interpretation Mm -hmm. at all. All it requires is, yep, that's what it is. And I'm willing to hear that. You know, when I read the scripture, Matthew chapter 25, where uh, the final judgment day, the the Lord will come in the clouds and then separate the two sections of people. And to them who said, I was hungry and you gave me to eat, I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. That particular passage in which that's what I find, in a way, those who did that to the poor, they were part of their life and became part of their suffering and celebration and imprisonment and all of that part. So at the end of the day, I want to say empathy, if you and I want to start empathy or experience or practice empathy, the best thing is to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, best thing is to keep our mouth shut and listen. And if you think you have heard anything, then repeat what you have heard back to the person is something is being shared with you. And after listening to what is being shared, shut up again and listen to what is being said. 
that's the starting point of empathy and maybe starting point of listening and that's what i want to we are running out of time i want to i want to continue this conversation it's a great topic but today that's all the time that we have you had been listening to the red door conversations and i have dr kathleen jackson and my wife kimby here with me in this conversation delighted to have you both with me and the red door is a door of mercy kindness acceptance and welcome to all people without worrying about what your sexual preference is or how different you are that's why you can enter through the red door no matter who you are where you had been in life we are a diverse group of people with a total openness to all people of all gender and orientations serving and the key phrase as i always repeat is being served at the altar and in your homes find us on the web at www.theredoor.org and today is pentecost sunday remember you are blessed abundantly by the gifts of the, with the gifts of the holy spirit and you are like a credit card waiting to be activated activate the gifts of the holy spirit in your life and be transformed and transform the world around you before we go off the air we want to tell you remember you are the beloved of god no matter who says otherwise remember that believe in it and god is pleased with you so are we learn more about us at the reddoor.org have a wonderful day be safe on the road